Welcome to the rain edition of Sunday School. We are in Galatians chapter 3 this morning. If you want to take your Bibles and open up. Galatians chapter 3. Last week, Amy Velosin taught uh, Galatians 2.11 through 2.21. So I'll read that text and then we'll start to talk about kind of some introductory comments on the, the second part of our three-part series in uh, Galatians. So Galatians 2.11 now, when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face, because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with those Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him, so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, If you, being a Jew, live in the manner of the Gentiles and not as Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? We, who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law no flesh shall be justified. But if, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, died to the law, that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. So, Galatians 1 and 2, Paul finishes up his defense of himself, and now he gets to the defense of his message. Uh, this, this idea that faith is, uh, that justification comes by faith and not by works. Now, b- before we get to Paul, I want to talk a little bit about his approach that he's going to take. Um, how many of you have ever heard of uh, Marshall Goldsmith? He's an executive coach. He wrote a book, uh, What Got You Here Won't Get You There. Have you ever heard of him? No? He's uh, real popular among senior executives in various companies. Um, If you think about the corporate ladder, you start out as kind of an individual contributor reporting to somebody. If you get promoted, you need to get promoted again and again and again and again and again, and you work your way up the executive ladder, and you're a couple of seats, we'll say, away from the CEO's chair if you're in a big organization. And he argues that the skills and talents and abilities that got you promoted those first few rungs of the corporate ladder are not the same things that will get you those last few. And if you think about people that you have worked for directly at lower levels of an organization, they are different in quite a few different ways from the folks at the very top of the organization. Can you, you guys, does that resonate with anybody? So what got you here won't get you there. And, and that principle holds true with a lot of things. If you think about, uh, I saw my first um, Winter Olympics commercial during the big horse race last weekend, weekend before last. Which one was it? Is it Derby. the Kentucky Derby? Thank you. Well, there's three of them that are big. I always get them mixed up. The Preakness was yesterday. The Preakness was yesterday. Well, I missed that, didn't I? Who won? Uh, not the female. Um, okay. Not the one that won the Kentucky Derby? Okay, so no Triple Crown winner. Oh, well. So, um, <clears throat> where was I going with that, Albert? Corporate ladder, 
won't get you there. Yes, saw the commercial for the Olympics. Yes, and they were they were showing these athletes that we saw in the Winter Olympics three years, three and a half years ago, and how they've changed this time around. And quite honestly, if I want to go take up snowboarding, right? There are certain skills that and y'all are laughing at this, right? <laughs> I saw that. It's okay. It's okay. I got it. Um, there are certain skills that I need to know to keep from killing myself, right? To, to stay upright and not do face plants every five seconds and certain skills. There's a whole different set of skills that I need to know to p- compete in the Olympics, right? So what gets me to having a good time on the slopes is not what will get me <clears throat> a gold medal on the Olympics, right? And that works through in a lot of things. But in today's text, Paul in essence says... What got you here, here's your first blank, will get you there. Because the gospel is true to save, it is true to sustain, and it is true to finish. Okay? This, we didn't get saved by our works. We don't stay saved by our works. We won't be saved in heaven by our works. So what got us here will get us there. Now, <clears throat> It's not up on the back screen, so everybody turn around and look at the back wall. How many of you had an education class where you had to learn about Bloom's taxonomy? Anybody? Yes. Um, I had quite a few of those, and I'll talk about this a little bit more in just a second. Is that the version that you remember learning about? It's probably not. The one you probably learned about, if you learned about it more than 10 years ago like I did, was an, uh, it was actually a, pyramid, it's a triangle. Wow, I've got my shapes mixed up. That's awful. Don't you tell Anna Grace I did that. <laughs> Side note, um, <clears throat> the kids are, uh, her Sunday school class is going through the Essential 100 as well. So this past week, I had her start reading my teacher notes every day for the text that they were supposed to read. Asked her at the end of the week, what did you learn? Eh, it was okay. <laughs> wow. Well, did you see anything that, that was interesting or jumped out at you? Yeah, you had two typos. Oh, that was painful. So I didn't know I had an editor in my house, but that's good to know. All right, so back to Bloom's taxonomy. A, a taxonomy is just a classification of things. In education land, it's the idea that there are, there are certain things that need to be learned in a certain order to get certain outcomes. It's, it's a lot more complicated than that, but that's the basics. Um, And if you look at the taxonomy at the very bottom is to remember. So this is why we teach facts to little kids, right? You have to know the facts of a thing. Then it helps to understand a thing, right? And then to apply a thing. And then at the very top, the highest level of understanding is analyzing, evaluating, and creating. So creativity is considered to be, wow. Once you're able to be creative with certain types of information, you really know it, you really understand it. Okay? So... Uh, This is actually also the reason why I teach Sunday school in the way in which we do. We start out by reviewing the text and taking the words apart and understanding those things. And we finish with the application. And sometimes what I try to get you to do is to think about how we can go take this theology in this room and live it outside of this room in a creative way in your life. Is it behind me now? No, it's not. Oh, I think it might be. I saw Toshiba. Um, So... Bloom's taxonomy, that picture is actually the reason that I teach Sunday school the way in which I do. So in case you were wondering, yes, there is a method to the madness. 
Now, in the context of Galatians 3, because I'm sure that's what you're wondering about, uh, Paul asked the Galatians, basically, if they remember how they started out in the faith, he challenges their understanding of it, and he finishes by asking them to evaluate whether or not works or faith will take them to the spiritual finish line. And it's, it's really a brilliant use of Bloom's taxonomy uh, to make a theological point. Now, the challenge there is Bloom wasn't around when Paul wrote Galatians 3, right? And I kind of wonder if there weren't some theologians on this panel that Bloom was with that had studied the Scripture and seen how God laid out facts first. And then uh, if you read through the book of Proverbs, and it'll tell you that. I mean, you, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, right? Well, that's, that's something to know. That's a fact to know. And as you get to know Him, you understand Him. And what does He want you to do? He wants you to apply things in your life that He has taught so that you can go be a creative, evaluating, analyzing Christian to the world. Right? So this is, it, it makes sense. So we finished up Galatians 1 and 2. Now we start with the second chunk of Galatians 3 and 4. So this is the, the meat of the theology of the text. So Galatians 3, 1. Oh, foolish Galatians. <sighs> Gotta love Paul, right? He just doesn't wait. He just gets right into it. Who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? So who has bewitched you? This word means fascinated or slandered or charmed. My favorite, and here's your blank, personal visual word for this is somebody has hypnotized them. Who has come along and gotten you focused on something new and shiny so that now you're not focused on the thing that worked, right? So don't be sidetracked by the new and the shiny. Said by the guy with an iPhone in his pocket and an iPad in his hand, right? Who has bewitched you that should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed or written about before now among you as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. So he is keeping it very, very simple. He's got a very clear question he's going to ask them. And before you wonder uh, about your Sunday school handout and the the homework at the end of the text today, this is a two-parter. We'll talk about the text today, Galatians 3, 1 through 9. And then next week we'll talk about what all the great writers of the past have said about this text. And there's gobs and gobs and gobs of good good stuff there. So this is going to be a two-week lesson. I don't think I've ever done that with the text of Scripture before either, so this is new for me. So he says, This only, in verse 2, I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Okay? So ask yourself that question right now. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing of faith? Let's take a vote. Okay. Who says works of the law? You worked your way into salvation. Hey, good job. You've all got 100 so far. And hearing of faith? You're like, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Sort of. Okay. There'll be an altar call at the end if you missed that one. It's no worry. Verse 3, are you so foolish? So again, he calls them fools. Uh, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect or fulfilled or completed or accomplished by the flesh? So he's saying... You know, if you know that you started off this relationship being empowered by the Spirit through faith, do you now think that your flesh is sustaining you? Right? This is a very simple concept, and he's just laying it out there for him. Verse 4, Have you suffered so many things in vain or for nothing, if indeed it was for nothing? Verse 5, Therefore he who supplies or furnishes or presents or ministers or contributes the Spirit to you. So who is this? Who contributes the Spirit to us? Who, who, who supplies that? That's God, right? The Father. God the Father supplies the Spirit. So if you think about this, 
Um, how many of you know Dwayne Allsbury? You know Allsbury? He owns a business here in town. It's called Nana's. Nana's, yes. What's on Nana's sign? Is there another word? If you hear Dwayne Allsbury ever talk about Nana's, he always uses one word that starts with a P. Premium. He always works the word premium into the conversation because he is so tickled pink that he uses Mayfield whole milk and that he uses the best ice cream they can buy. No, 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 no. It's not ice cream. It's they, custard. Thank you. He uses, they make it there. Yes. Right, 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 right. So, and they, it's the best ingredients. It's unbelievable. We, uh, we were talking business one day, and I was asking him how things were going, and he said, well, you know, it's, our cost of materials are really high. I said, well, can't you cut back? You would have thought I spit in his face. I mean, you would have thought I spit in his face right there. No, we use premium, and he did this, premium materials. And I was like, okay. Can, and I, my next question was, can you get those premium materials from a different supplier? Right? He said, well, No. Because then we couldn't say premium. Then we would have to say these other second. I said, okay, all right. right. So, so here's what I learned from that interaction. Your supplier has an impact on your end product. Right? Okay. Who's the supplier? God. I think he's probably got a good end product here. All right? So we don't need to go messing with that. So it says, therefore, he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you. So... I have had theological conversations with people, and they say, Jim, are works involved in salvation? And my answer has always been no. It has always been no. And now I think I'm going to change my answer. I think I'm going to say yes. But God does the work in our relationship. Right? The onus is on him to do all of the work. So think about this for a second. So he came up with the plan. right? He, he's, he is the only person that could pull it off. He has the passion to carry it through. And the persistence to see it done completely until the end. It's all God. We just have to believe it, right? Our part's the quote-unquote easy part. His part is the working through of this thing. So God works miracles among you. Does he do it by works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So Paul asks a very simple question. Does God save you because of your works or because of your faith? And the answer is faith. Put it in the blank. That's right, faith. So verse 6. Just as Abraham, quote, believed God and it was accounted for him for righteousness. Now, this is a reference to Genesis 15, 6, and, and, this is a, and it was accounted to him. Uh, this Greek word means to inventory or to take a, uh, a snapshot of everything that you have and to categorize it. Um, I didn't learn how to pronounce it. Logizomai, probably. It's probably pretty close. Um, to inventory. So... Most of you, at some point in time or another, have gone through what you own in your home to take inventory. Is this good? Is this bad? If it's good, yeah, we'll use it again. We'll keep it. Uh, You know, that was a present that we will never use. We should re-gift that or we should toss it, right? How many of you are okay with re-gifting? How many of you think re-gifting is of the devil and it should never be done? Anybody? Because I meet people every once in a while. They're like, that is not right. That is just not cool. Um, I will re-gift in a heartbeat. But, and my wife knows if, I actually have a thing that if, if I'm not going to use it in six months, let's toss it. 
I mean, that's just, why do we keep it around? And Ju Julie says, well, we're using that logic. We'd throw our Christmas stuff away every year. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I'm fine with that. Um, so, so Paul here is saying, God takes inventory, all right? And, and when God sees works for salvation, he counts that as insufficient, and the result is hell. Very simply, right? So he's taking inventory, and he sees this person's relying on works. Yeah, that outcome's hell. All right? And God takes inventory, and when he sees faith for salvation, he counts that as sufficient, and the result is heaven. It's very simple. It's two, two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry, I could not travel both. Right? You didn't see that coming, did you, Cheryl? Yeah, you didn't. Okay. I learned a few things in English class. Verse 7, therefore, no. This is an imperative. This is one of the few times that Paul has a tendency to command people to do something. He doesn't command very often to know something. So this is kind of special for him. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. Only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. So if you want to be son of Abraham, and the, and the phrase son of Abraham at this time meant you are surefire on your way to heaven. This was Abraham was associated with knowing God and being in heaven. Jesus himself even talked about this, right? So if you want to be associated with him, you get there by faith because Abraham got there by faith. So verse 8, and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify. And we really haven't talked about what justification is yet. We've talked around it a little bit. I want to talk, stop right here and just have a very clear definition. Justification is a legal declaration of righteousness. Okay? You have to have a couple of things for justification to, to occur. You have to have a judge, right? Because somebody has to pronounce judgment. You have to have somebody that's standing in need of a verdict. Okay? We, do, we don't recognize it all the time, but we are standing in need of a verdict. And you have to have a lawyer arguing on somebody's behalf. Okay? So here we go. That's the way this works. So God looks at our life and says, I need to make a decision about you. I have to decide, are you righteous or are you unrighteous? Because if you're unrighteous, you cannot be with me. We have an advocate, Jesus, who argues on our behalf that we, the defendant, are worthy because we placed our faith in him. When God sees the advocate argue on our behalf and stand in between so that God can only see Jesus, we then get God's declaration of you are righteous. How cool is that? Now, let, so what did I describe our actions to be during all of that? Did we even move? We just have to stand still and shut up, right? Jesus. Faith in Jesus, that's it. It's very, very simple. Now, we come up with all kinds of terms to describe it, but justification is the legal declaration of righteousness. So my question is, when does justification occur? Because you only need the judge to make the decision one time, and it stands forever. Because this judge is eternal, and his rulings are forever. So when does justification occur? At the point of faith, right? Because when he sees the faith, we make a ruling. Think about a sporting event, right? They have these referees running around on the field, 
And as soon as something questionable happens, it's their job to do what? Make a call, right? Right then, we make a call. Absolutely. And that's what God does. When faith occurs, a call is made. A decision is rendered. Now, could I, as Jim Fleming, a a human being living on the earth, make a decision, Anna, about your righteousness? Could I come up to you and say, you are righteous? Can I do that? No. Absolutely I can. I just did. You are righteous. You're not God. Thank you. Does it count? (laughs) No. I could put a black robe on, put a tie on, a white shirt, bang a gavel all I want and say, righteous, righteous, righteous. I don't have the positional authority to do that, right? I'm not God, so it doesn't count. I need the creator of the universe to stand in front of you and go, you are righteous. Then I believe him. Then you believe it, right? And that's pretty awesome, right? Because that's what's happening when we get saved. The creator of the universe says, you are righteous. Boom. How about that? So when you're having a bad day, remember that one. So, verse 8, And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the who? Yes. That's us, guys. Whenever you see the heathen or the Gentiles in the scripture, that's us. Your translation may actually say heathen. How many of you says heathen? Yes. That's the Gentiles. That's us. He would justify the Gentiles by how? So, okay. So, hang on. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. But the Gentiles aren't Jews. And you need to be a son of Abraham. So how does he make that work? Adoption, right? Yeah, it's kind of cool, right? We're going to get there. He's going to talk about the adoption process later on in Galatians where God goes, you know what? You're one of mine. I count you as my own. That's pretty cool. So foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham. Whoa, time out, time out, time out, time out. Have you read the Old Testament? Do you remember the gospel in the Old Testament? It's there. It's there. It doesn't use the words that we use. What does the word gospel mean? Not what does the gospel is. What does the word gospel mean? Gospel is the, the good news. Let me read you this. In, God told Abraham, In you all the nations shall be blessed. Does that sound like good news? Yeah, that's good news. Absolutely, that's good news. It, so God walks up to you one day and he says, In you, all the nations of the entire world are going to be blessed. My first question would be, is this something I've already done that I missed? Or is this coming up soon? Or is there something I need to know to make sure I don't mess all this up because I have a tendency for that? So how do, how do we do that, right? In you, all the nations shall be blessed. Who's he talking about there? He's talking about Jesus Christ. Because right? Jesus Christ is a descendant of Abraham. Okay, so here's the blank. This declaration of good news to Abraham in Genesis 12.3 was a summary of the gospel. It was a foretelling. It was a foreshadowing. It was, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. If you, if you read through the Old Testament with a lens, some of you are photography people and you know how this works. I have no idea how this works. But you can... You can take a picture and you can make the thing in the forefront really, really crystal clear and all the stuff in the background fuzzy. Or, or, and that's how we like to read the Old Testament, you can take a picture and keep the stuff in the foreground really fuzzy and everything in the background really clear. That's how we ought to read the Old Testament. Because the Old Testament is using this thing, these stories, 
to tell the story that's coming because it's about what's coming. All the Old Testament is the shadow of the reality that's coming. Does this make sense? Yeah? Okay. We're going to get a little more um, abstract here in just a minute, so don't worry. Verse 9, So then, those who are of faith are blessed with believing. Are blessed with believing Abraham. Now, back to Bloom's taxonomy. So one of the things that you want to do as you go through any educational construct is you want to think about the outcome when you talk about your inputs. All right. So if we start down here with a fact, what do I want the outcomes to be? Right. Begin with the end in mind. Very simple concept. All right. So let's say that we start at the bottom with works. We go into Bloom's taxonomy and we say, works save. All right? So then what we have to remember are the law because we need to know the rules. Right? Does this make sense? Then we need to understand the law. We need to apply the law and analyze, evaluate, and be creative with the law. Now, how many of you have ever been in uh, environments with lots of rules? Creativity around lots of rules results in what? <laughs> Frustration. What else does it result in? Lots of rule breaking. Lots of, I remember my experience here, lots of, uh, well, I guess technically I'm not breaking that rule. Maybe, maybe we can lean up against that rule just a little bit and see if it'll bend. You see where this goes to? If you start with Law-keeping, you end up, here's your blank, with legalism, right? If you start with works, the output is creativity around legalism. Who wants that? No, thank you very much. Now, let's use it again. Let's start with faith, faith and grace, right? So if we remember that the Lord, He is good, and His mercies are new every morning, and we understand the right relationship with God that we should have, and we begin to apply this relationship in our lives, and we get creative around faith and grace, what is the output there? Well, the output there is liberty and love. It is totally, totally different based on the inputs. And you go, what just happened there? Did we just use Bloom's taxonomy to show that... Salvation by faith is awesome. Yes, we did. <laughs> I bet he never thought that was going to happen, right? <laughs> it's like 60 years old. So if you missed the blank, salvation by works ends with legalism. Salvation by faith and grace, grace ends with liberty and love. So what's the point, Jim? All right. Number one, we can be fascinated with another gospel. Shiny things can come along and hypnotize us and make us go, ah, we need to chase this over here, right? How many of you, it was slightly distracting when the rain was pouring down out of this Glass doors right over here. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. We can get fascinated with other things. Number two, what saved you then will save you now. By grace, through faith, that's what it is. Number three, salvation has never changed. In the Old Testament it was by faith, in the New Testament it was by faith, and now it is by faith. Number four, justification can only be declared by God, so he sets the terms. He has to be the one that says, this is the bar. And the bar looks exactly like Jesus Christ. So unless you can work to be exactly like Jesus Christ, 
we're short. Right? I'm not just talking about you, Albert. Okay? I love you, man. Sorry. Come here, Albert. Come here. I know. So, Albert, how hard do you have to try to be as tall as me? Well, no need in it. It's not going to happen, is it? No. Same thing, guys. If Jesus is 75 feet tall, you can try all you want. You can work as hard as you want to. You can see every plastic surgeon from here to Timbuktu, and it ain't going to happen. Right? It's just not going to happen. Because we, I think it's in 2 Corinthians, uh, Paul describes us as the scum on the underside of the pot that's in the room that gets used for a certain thing. That's where we are. We're not going to grow to be like Jesus Christ without faith and grace. Thank you, Albert. Does this make sense? Yeah, the bar is too high. So what do I do with that? Number one, regularly review and affirm the gospel. You say, Jim, that sounds like you need to be saved a lot. Nope. Just need to go back and make sure that we understand that the gospel was not just for the day that we got saved. The gospel is for right now. The gospel is the thing that God is using to stir up in you, that the Holy Spirit is using to stir up in you, the ability to have an interest in this Sunday school lesson right now. Okay? So if you try to describe your interest in this type of material, 2,000-year-old literature on a Sunday morning, when, by George, it makes all kinds of common sense to lay in bed, right? How would you get out in weather like this? You people are crazy, absolutely crazy, to come here. Me. I'm, what? This is ridiculous, right? The gospel is what's doing that in our lives. Okay? Review and affirm the gospel. Number two, stop worrying and working for your salvation. We can't do enough to save ourselves. Neither the instantaneous part or the ongoing part. Number three, don't get confused about how the Old Testament saints were saved. Abraham was saved by faith. Period. There's not a comma, and, 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 and. No, no. There's a period, and that's it. And the number four, know that the conditions to salvation or justification are faith-based, not works-based. Does that make sense? All right, so we have, you know the scratch and sniff things that you got as kids, the stickers? That's what we've done to, to uh, Revelation. Wow, no, not Revelation 3, 1 through 9. We're not in the churches. Uh, Galatians 3, 1 through 9 so far. Next week, we're going to take it down a notch and get a little bit more substance there. All right? So come back, read the same text for next week. Those of you with books, I need the quotes. Give me the quotes. This is good. Thanks for coming.